first of all, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, it's an honor for me to speak here, to talk to you here in Oxford. <clears throat> and uh, well, I must say I'm grateful to Pierre Lory, who proposed me to study this subject, Jesus, in the prophetology of Ibn Arabi. Well, the first point is Jesus, the physical embodiment of the divine breath. For Ibn Arabi, Jesus is an exceptional being. As the Andalusian author relates, Jesus was his first master and was decisive in his entry into the way of Sufism. This personal relationship, similar to a first love, encouraged him to hope that he would be a witness to the day of Jesus' coming. And this, perhaps, motivated him to live his final years in Damascus, the place of his descent. A vision he had in the Kaaba was the principal cause of this identification. Muhammad, the seal of the prophets, had revealed to him that he was his spiritual son. And so, like Jesus, could share the title of the seal of sainthood. And this confirmed the friendship he enjoyed with him. However, Jesus was much more than someone with, with whom Sheikh Al-Akbar could have a personal relationship of help and mutual care. Jesus is a theophany. Certainly, each prophet is a paradigmatic manifestation of some divine attribute of a Lord, as it is interpreted in the sacred Hadith, who knows himself, knows the Lord. And Muhammad was superior to all the prophets as being the terrestrial manifestation of the absolute contained in the reality of Muhammad. The prophets, on the other hand, are only visible manifestation of aspects of divinity. Adam is the perfect man, having received all the names. Abraham is the friend of God, Khalilallah. Joseph is the epitome of beauty. Moses represents the possibility of God speaking directly to man without intermediaries. David is the one that embodies the caliphate by joining in one person the inner caliphate and being the visible governor of a people. Although Jesus appears in the same way as the prophets theophanically, the reader of Ibn Arabi can only be astonished by the divine quality manifested by Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of the divine breath of this spiritus that Gabriel has deposited in the womb of Mary. The human body of Christ was animated by a divine spirit creating a dual being, half human, half divine, and thus neither perfectly human nor perfectly divine. Jesus, therefore, reveals the spiritual quality of every human being since all who live have received the animating breath of the Spirit. Whereas in the course of all other living beings, the spirit enters after the formation of the physical body. In Akbar's view, the spirit is active in the formation of the body of Christ. It was no surprise then for Ibn Arabi that Jesus appeared as a man because Gabriel had appeared to Mary in a perfect, masculine form. As a result, Jesus is not said to have a spirit, but in fact is 
spirit. As the Sheikh says, his being is identified with his spiritual being because the spiritual side of him is superior to his physical side. His spiritual constitution, the fact of being the condensation of the divine breath and therefore of the divine word determines all his life, his ability to cure, to give and transform life, as well as being the source of the knowledge that he possesses at the highest level, the science of letters, of alchemy, and of the spirits. The long list of sciences attributed to the saints who considered themselves to be the inheritors of Jesus and the influence of the planet Mercury all flow from these fundamental sciences. His being as his being a spirit and being the word proceeding from God make him moreover the paradigm of another quality, that of the pilgrim of God, of the spiritual traveler who comes from God and returns to God without ever having left the presence of God. This spiritual journey is the reflection of a cosmic movement, of a creation which is constantly leaving God and returning to him. Jesus is the model of both movements because he realizes in himself this cosmic journey by being the manifestation of the world arising from the divine breath and by walking through the world in the constant presence of God. Ibn Arabi uses numerous terms to express the idea of movement, safara, to travel, salaka, undertake spiritual travel, and saha, to walk. The fact that Ibn Arabi uses the term, the term travel in the title of various works confirms its importance. The etymology of the word illustrates the relationship between the idea of travel and that of unveiling making the journey a process of the discovery of the mysteries of God. In early Arabic, safara was the act of lifting up the tents of the caravan in order to begin the trip. And today it refers also to the clothes spread on the ground on which the Bedouins sit. And so, literally, to travel is to discover or remove the veil that covers the earth. Ibn Arabi plays with the two meanings of the term in the title of one of his works. Kitab al-Isfar an Nataj al-Isfar. The book of unveiling of the ethics of traveling, where Isfar, unveiling, and Asfar, travel, share the same root, S-F-R. The three types of travel. Ibn Arabi speaks of three types of travel. From God, in God, and to God. And Jesus realizes these three dimensions of travel in an ideal way. Since as word, he proceeds from God and returns to God without ever leaving God. The trip from God is as much the descent of revelation as the, as the creative exhalation of God. But given that all world, as well as every creature, must return to God, this produces afterwards a new journey from God. This does not suppose a return to a previous state, but rather when he returns, he maintains his degree of the divine presence. That is why Ibn Arabi writes, the cause that determines the return 
from the summit is nothing other than the search for perfection or total fulfillment. But this returns does not imply a descent exhorting from this very station. It is from the Futuhat. Ibn Arabi takes the image of ascent and descent from the mirage or the nocturnal uh, nocturnal spiritual journey of the Prophet Muhammad. The important thing is that this return to the world of creatures, in order to guide them, does not imply losing the spiritual state of the presence. The prophet or mystic returns to normal life, but with the heart transformed. Ibn Arabi says, in our opinion, and that of those who contemplate that which we contemplate, our ascent is of three types, towards him, from him, and in him. After, let us join all in one soul and unique ascent which unfolds in him, because that which goes towards him takes place in him and that which lives from him equally takes place in him with the result that to him and from him are identical in the ascent in him thus in reality there is no ascent other than in him and there is no progression in him other than by him since it is him and not you who realizes it. This idea is shared by many other Sufis. Shustari sings a beautiful poem. There where I go, it is from him, towards him, and for him that I go. This coming from God and returning to God is a characteristic of all creation. Creation, extinction, and constant recreation never cease to happen. According to Ibn Arabi, the world flows from him in his exhalation and returns to him when he breathes in. This illustrated the ephemeral character of the world which falls into nothingness if there is no life-giving divine breath and if one straight, strays from God. God is represented by our author as a living, perpetually breathing being. And Jesus is granted a great dignity because as the condensation of the, these breaths, he reveals the structure of of creation, the prophets on their travels. All the prophets undertake travels which must be interpreted spiritually. The work Kitab al-Isfar describes the travels of the most important prophets. The model used continues to be the ascension of Muhammad, a model which had been amply ex exploited in the intertestamentary um, inter uh, tradition, as, for example, in the book of the ascent of Isaiah from the first century. Ibn Arabi also recalls that Idris, Enoch, and Elijah also undertakes uh, Voyages of ascent. Although other prophets move horizontally, they do they do so in the same sense as a movement in God. The Sheikh mentions the history of Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham, Lot, Jacob, and Joseph, giving special attention to Moses. Many of these prophets combine horizontal 
and vertical movement. Adam follows a downward path. path. Noah goes up into the ark. And at the end of the flood, stops on Mount Judy. Abraham also goes up for the sacrifice of his son, as does Moses, to receive the law on Mount Sinai. Enoch ascends in dignity. The voyage of Noah is that of salvation. That of Abraham is the journey of the guide of God to the prophet. And that of Lot is that moving forward without looking behind. And that of Jacob and Joseph is connectness and trial. Jesus also experiences the vertical and the horizontal dimension of movement, and both in a remarkable manner. For Jesus descends and ascends because he is one of his words. The Quran uses the formula of the Christian faith of Jesus as, a, as the word of God, but without giving it a sense of unicity. Jesus is but a word proceeding from God and placed in the womb of Mary. He is therefore not the summation of all the words of God, whose theological place is occupied in Islam by the uncreated celestial book, whose continuous recitation by God has its reflection in what happens in the world below. For Ibn Arabi, the world is like a great leaf which is written upon on both sides, one facing above and one looking below. The upper side symbolizes the invisible, spiritual, and esoteric side of the world, and the lower its visible, material, and exoteric dimension. The breath of God, and indifferentiated in itself, causes to appear the multiplicity of different words. In the same way, that the human being is capable to, of speaking through the movement of his mouth. Jesus is just a word, but given that the Quran affirms only in the case of Jesus that he is a word of God, Ibn Arabi considers him the unfolding of the creative dynamic of God. In the Quran, it is said that you know, Jesus, the Messiah, Son of God, is but a messenger of God. His word that he sent to Mary and the breath of life proceeding from him. However, Jesus not only emerges from God, but like every word and every creature must return to God following the path of return, which is a path of ascent in the Kitab al Al-Isfar, Ibn Arabi does not overemphasize the position of Jesus, but what he says is exactly this. God has raised Jesus to him because he is one of his words. These two affirmations, one affirming the divine origin of Jesus as every word and of his return towards God are found in the book of Tadbirat al-Ilahiyah. God on high has said his word that he sent to Mary and also has said every good word ascends to him and every good action ascends to him. The image of the word which descends and returns to God is equally present in the New and the Old Testament, particularly in Isaiah 55, referring to the wisdom of God. Clearly, Islam does not give the, to the concept of Jesus 
as word of God, the hypostatic sense of Christian theology, but it is evident that Ibn Arabi goes farther than the exoteric tradition of Islam. Within the Shia tradition, another mystic and poet, Mola Sadra Shirazi, quotes, quotes a logion of Jesus, which follows the same theological line. Very nice. Jesus, son of Mary, peace be upon him, said to his disciples, he who ascends to heaven must already have descended. This is a good word. If Ibn Arabi affirms that every good word and every good action ascends towards God and says that in reference to Jesus, and says that in reference to Jesus, he must attribute this characteristic to Jesus. To be exact, one of the spiritual characteristics of Jesus is that he always says good words. This characteristic is, such, is of such importance that it is one of the distinctive features of the Christic saints. Christic saints possesses a spiritual energy capable of acting. Their prayers and their words are heard. One of the features of Christic saints is that as you get to know them, you will see that in their dealings with every creature, regardless of their religion or their faith, they show great mercy and compassion. They offer themselves to God through them. One of their characteristics is that they see the most beautiful in each creature, and their lips only pronounce the best words. This is shared by the first and the second category of saints. The first is like Jesus when it is reported that he said, he saw a pig and said to it, go in peace. His companions asked what he meant and Jesus replied, I am training my time to speak well. An example of the second category is when the prophet says, as he passes by a dead animal, how beautiful are its teeth, while his companions could only remark how it stinks. <laughs> Both Jesus and Muhammad share this station of God as God ordered his envoy to imitate the path of the, his pre predecessors. And this virtue of the compassionate regard forms part of the Christic way. In this example of good words, and on other occasions, it can be seen how Muhammad synthesized all the theophanic elements of the prophets who preceded him. Preceded him. Another future of Jesus is good words in his is his good manners adab in his dealings with God. Ibn Arabi sees this quality when Jesus says to God, You know what is in me and I don't know what is in you. These good manners are also manifested according to the Sheikh when Jesus recognizes publicly that if God has asked him whether he has attributed to himself divinity, it is not because he doesn't know the answer, but rather to make clear what has been his preaching. A final aspect of the good word is that Jesus, even though he knew the science of creation and alchemy, through his knowledge of mysteries, of the mysteries of the creative verb kun, fiat, be, he has refused to use it in vain 
and for his own benefit. In this aspect, Muhammad supersedes all the other prophets. Jesus, a good action. If Jesus is a word which rises to God, he can also, we can also ask ourselves if this is a result, not only being a good word, but also a good action. The goodness and mercy of Jesus form part of the outstanding spiritual qualities that Ibn Arabi considers to be part of his mater maternal inheritance. This idea is developed in the, in the chapter of Fusus, where he comments on the Quran verse, God has ordered me to be good with my mother. I was not made violent nor unhappy. The feminine goodness of Jesus is seen in his capacity to turn the other cheek. But given the breath of the merciful is placed by Gabriel in the womb of Mary, the goodness and mercy of Jesus also comes from his paternal side. The fact that Jesus is the protector of the saint who occupies the Yemeni corner of the Kaaba, related to the same mercy, as the help that Muhammad received from the, from the answer. But for Ibn Arabi, good action is principally an act of adoration of God. An act of ad adoration, such a prostration forms an image. And this image, as a good word, ascends towards God. One which Ibn Arabi speaks of is the fact of being polite towards God. Another is fasting, of which Jesus is a model. Mary, his mother, fasted two days and rested one, on one, which was more than David has done. But Jesus fasted continually. Ibn Arabi tells us, Jesus fasted continually, never breaking his fast, and stayed awake all night. During the day, he manifested himself in the world under the divine name, Adar, the remaining, and during the night under the name of Al-Qayyum, the one who subsists by himself, who is neither affected by sleep or by dreams. Another act of adoration in which Jesus is outstanding is his invocation and constant remembering of God. Ibn Arabi deals with this question in a commentary on the, on the creator verb kun, which in the Quran appears in reference to the formation of Jesus in the womb of Mary. In order to confirm even more the relation of the act of adoration and Jesus, we see that Ibn Arabi considers the creation of the mad figure in the form of a bird by Jesus as the model of all form of adoration. In this action, Jesus creates a form and breathes the spirit into it. In the same way, all acts of adoration should be carried out in the established way so was to be filled with spirit. We have here the text. Equally, Jesus created the shape of a bird from mud blowing into it, and so transformed it into a living creature by the permission of God. This form only came into existence by the hands of Jesus and his breath. In this way, the mud became a living bird through the permission of God. That is to say, God ordered Jesus to excel and allowed him to do this thing. Equally, God also ordered the believer to fulfill the law 
and permitted him to create the form of his adoration that God had charged him with. All these aspects confirm Jesus as the good word who ascends and returns to God. Jesus is a pilgrim in this world. But Jesus is not only characterized by his vertical movement, but also by his pilgrimage in this world, which takes place in a horizontal dimension. This image of Jesus as the wandering pilgrim, living alone or in, in the company of a few disciples, is well developed in the Muslim tradition. Although this image of Jesus as the person who has no place to lay his head is supported by the Gospels, reaches Sufism through the examples of the Hermites and, the, and monks of the desert. In this way, the aspects of extreme asceticism, which in the Gospels are associated more with John the Baptist than with Jesus, who is accused of eating, drinking, and sharing the table of sinners, are transferred to Jesus. The Gospels give the, the, the picture of an individual sharing, searching for the lost sheep rather than the image of a man searching for purity far from the concerns of the world. But Ibn Arabi does not, does not restrict himself to the pious aspects of Jesus, but also is interested in showing his quality as a revealer of something universal. The world is in perpetual movement, just like God himself, who is always in act. That is why he says of Jesus, his spiritual state is that of renunciation and of constant movement. He was a pilgrim who guarded faithfully that which was entrusted to him. His ability to travel great distances. The image of the pilgrim, Jesus, has offered the knowledge of certain miracles that are related to the horizontal movement. Particularly surprising is his ability to cross great distances in a moment. This is the special gift of the Hidr, which the Christic saints also share because of their trust in God. In one of the levels of trust, you will receive four miracles gifts. These are signs and proof that you have acquired the first level of truth. These are the ability to travel great distances in a moment, walk over water, travel through the air, and be fit by the universe. Probably this gift must be placed in the context, context of Jesus' spiritual nature. As spirit, he is neither affected by spatial nor temporal restrictions. Echoing the gospel, Ibn Arabi also mentions the ability of Jesus and those who inherit his abilities to walk the upon the water, although this is exceeded by Muhammad, who, thanks to the greater level of trust he enjoys, is able to travel through the air. Jesus pilgrim to the other world. The question of Jesus as a pilgrim would not be complete if mention was not made of the direction and destiny. Jesus is pilgrim to the other world. 
or utter world, as he said, to paradise. This explains his uh, asceticism and his rejection of the pleasures of this world. There are many texts where Jesus exhorts people to consider death. For instance, in his recommendation to his companions, Jesus said, Fast in this world and death will be for you the end of fasting. Imitate the one who cures his wound with a remedy, fearing that it will worsen. Exercise your mind by often remembering death, as this will give to the believer a good that not evil will ever threaten, and to the wicked an evil that after which no good can ever be hoped. On the other hand, it is said that Jesus always had the question of death in mind. Similarly, the, converse, the conversion of Ibn Arabi may have been caused by an experience during a retreat in a cemetery. Regardless, Ibn Arabi tells us that one of his masters lived in a cemetery and that for him, man remains asleep while he is not dead. Traveling God, Jesus in state of constant presence. In a chapter of the photo hut dedicated to prayer, Ibn Arabi raises the question whether a sight escaping from the person who prays invalidates his ritual prayer or not. The Sheikh considered that if no word is pronounced, then the prayer remains valid. What is interesting is, is his, in his argument is that he talks about Jesus there and affirms that he never loses the state of presence not even when he breathes into the bird, as if the breath was the same as a sight. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, you have here. Jesus was in the presence of the Lord at every moment, and when he breathed the Spirit into the bird, the presence did not disappear. This quality of Jesus had already been affirmed by Al-Ghazali in the 36th book of Al-Ihya on love. Jesus being a word which <clears throat> comes from God and returns to God never loses his state of presence before God. Jesus therefore accomplishes his voyage in God. The loss of presence results from man focusing on himself and, for, and forgetting that he is in God. Jesus would have lost the presence if he had not been aware that the breath in no way belonged to him, but rather came from God. The awareness of being a simple tool of God at the moment when he gave life to the birds maintained him in God's presence. Any man who believes himself to be the, the core of his own existence and responsible for his own actions is considered by the sheikh to be inattentive and distracted in the presence of God. As a result, in one of his eulogies of the divine unity, the knower 
al-Arif, of the divine mysteries is described as he who never becomes inattentive of God and as such behaves before God like a, a corpse in the hand of the body washer. Once the limits on vision imposed by divine transcendence are clear, there is, no there is no risk of misinterpreting one of the mystical confessions of Abu Bakr, often quoted by Ibn Arabi. I see nothing without seeing God before it. Or in it, well, there are different. This state of constant presence is tightly related to the constant invocation of God. This invocation is at the same time a constant reminder of God as well as a constant reminder of death. Jesus possesses this quality because his spirit, because his divine breath. But it is also something that he shares with his mother when she dedicated herself to a life of prayer in the temple. Mary completely consecrated living for God, through God, and from God. Fakana kulluha lilla wa billa wa anallah. Etymology of the term Messiah. All the preceding is confirmed by Ibn Arabi's reflections on the etymology of the word Masih. Jesus' quality as a pilgrim and traveler is written within his name. Sheikh Al-Akbar had an extraordinary knowledge of Arabic and the etymology of its words. And thanks to this, he is able to relate the word Messiah with the Arabic word for trouble, siyah. One aspect is the historical derivation of the world, and the other is the wealth of hidden meanings in the world, in the world, which speak of the real identity of the person referred to. Ibn Arabi has no problem relating a word to a particular root if this reveals the true identity of the person. Our author relates Messiah to the root Masaha, can be translated to measure the earth, and also to simply to, to walk, to go, and with Saha, to travel. We have here a text. Jesus is the Messiah, Al-Masih, and is also he who Masaha, who measures the surface of the earth by walking upon it, and he who travels in every direction, finding traces of the Lord in all he contemplates. This corresponds to word of God in the Quran, when it is said, has he not traveled the earth on his feet and with his ideas? This text is very interesting, since here Jesus is not only an individual, but also representative of an attribute shared with other men. Jesus is more than an individual, he is a way of living in movement and in movement and on pilgrimage. Measuring his journeys, Jesus measures the earth, that is to say, he gets to know it intimately. This knowledge is nothing less than the ability to recognize the traces of the law upon it. Thanks to his knowledge, 
Jesus knows that when he carries out miracles, he's no more than an instrument in the hands of the Creator. Ibn Arabi relates the term Messiah to two different roots, MSH and uh, S. Um, Regarding the first, the Sufi master prioritizes the sense of measuring the earth in palms as opposed to the normal meaning of cleaning either by hand or with a cloth. This later meaning is closest to the original Hebrew Mashiach which means the one who has been anointed with oil. The two meanings are not completely distinct because to measure with palms, one one has to pass the hand upon something. The classic dictionary, Lisan al-Arab, cites a hadith which says, Masahna al-Bayt, Meaning, we have gone around the Kaaba as when we wrap something, we make repeated. Yeah, thank you. Circular movement. Masaha, therefore, can mean measure or simple move position. Lisan al Arab says that Masaha fil art means has gone. This dictionary also offers. Another hypothesis on the application of the term al-Masih to Jesus and already introduces the idea of pilgrimage. Ibn Sida has said al-Masih is Jesus, the son of Mary. It is said that he received his name as a result of his sincerity. And it is also said that he has this name because he is a sa'ih traveler of the world. He is based nowhere. It is also said that he is called this because the, he rubs with his hand the sick, the paralytic, and the leprous, and he cures them with the permission of God. Al-Azhari said, the word al-Masih, which appears in the Quran from Masaha, corresponds to the Masih of the Torah and has been Arabized by changing letters, as in the case of Musa from the original Hebrew, Musa. As regard the root, Sahayasihu, <clears throat> Lisan al-Arab indicates that this designates, firstly, the water which runs across the earth. From this, we obtain the term siyaha, which means to walk around the world in adoration of God. The dictionary also cites a hadith which says that la siyaha fil Islam, which can be translated as there is no wandering around, around in Islam and offer interpretation of its meaning. Either it refers to those who move far from towns and people to live in the desert, but then miss the Friday prayer, or those who travel in order to do evil. Applied to Jesus, this term does not have a pejorative sense as the dictionary explains. From the verb to travel or to walk, Saha, comes the name of Al-Masih, the son of Mary. According to various authors, Jesus used to walk in the world and when night surprised him, joined his feet in adoration and prayed until dawn. If this etymology is correct, the term is a passive, passive participle but the meaning is an active participle. 
The dictionary gives another meaning of the term siyaha, which does not appear to have been used by Ibn Arabi in relation to God, to Jesus, but which con coincides with, with a quality of the son of Mary, namely fasting. Lisan al-Arab says, the pilgrimage of this Muslim community consists of fasting and attending the mosque. Well, in conclusion, to sum up, Jesus follows a path from God and returns to God without ever being a way of God. His descent into this world followed by his ascent to the second heaven, to the one of Mercury, awaiting to descend again to the great mosque of Damascus before making the final ascent to paradise. His vertical movement combines with a horizontal movement, namely his ceaselessly traveling across the world as a wanderer with no place to rest his head. This constant travel is a manifestation of the constant activity of God and reveals the nature of all reality. Every creature is a word which comes from God and is destined to return to him. In addition, Jesus, through his preaching, centered on asceticism and the reminder of death and through his alchemical, spiritual and health-giving activity, helps human beings on their path of return to Creator. Thank you very much.